Welcome to the Practice Brave Podcast. I am the host, Brianna Battles, founder of Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism and CEO of Everyday Battles. I'm a career strength and conditioning coach, entrepreneur, mom of two wild little boys, and a lifelong athlete. I believe that athleticism does not end when motherhood begins, and this podcast is dedicated to coaching you by providing meaningful conversations, insights, and interview topics related to fitness, mindset, parenting, and of course, all the nuances of pregnancy and postpartum. From expert interviews to engaging conversations and reflections, this podcast is your trustworthy, relatable resource for learning how to practice brave through every season in your life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Practice Brave Podcast. Today I'm here with PNPA coach Rachel Graves, and I wanted to bring her on the podcast because we met in real life um, about a month ago at Coach Course Live, which we hosted here in Boise, Idaho. For any coach that had gone through the PNPA cert, and this was like a continuing education weekend for them of coaching and business application and hearing Rachel's story, I thought would really resonate for both seasoned coaches with just where we start, what we've seen the industry do, how it's evolved over time, but also give perspective to new coaches about what it's like to pivot and change, how to pursue continuing education and just evolve what you do and how you do it over time. So Rachel, thank you for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So give us a little background information about yourself. Like, have you always been in the fitness industry or like, what were you doing prior? Like, what is, what's your background? Sure. Um, So no, I was actually in um, global technology sales for, for a long time, for about seven years, um, right out of college. And it was great. I loved sales. Um, I was pretty good at sales. Um, but I have a tendency to overdo almost anything. And so I was working literally all the time, um, traveling nonstop, truly had like no life outside of work and um, got really, really burned out and pretty sick, pretty fast without really realizing it because it felt normal to me. Um, so at 26, I ended up in the emergency room with chest pains that had been going on for quite some time. And um, they ran all these tests on me and they were like, we think you could be having a heart attack. And I was like, I'm 26. And um, they were like, okay, it's not a heart attack. You're having chronic panic attacks, one directly into the next. And you think that that's normal. (laughs) Um, So it was definitely a wake up call. And, you know, I think then I thought that was like my rock bottom. Um, But it was, I think, to your point, just another pivot that would lead to all of the things that have happened in the last almost 12 years. Um, So that was the catalyst for me to set some boundaries. Um, I got healthy again myself. I had been a lifelong athlete. So I knew what that looked like. But I started working with the trainer for the first time. And that evolved into me getting my own certification, putting together a plan to leave my job. Um, And in 2014, I quit my job and I opened my gym. And that was definitely a complete like 180. I think everyone in my life besides my husband was like, 
what's happening? (laughs) Because it was a very um, comfortable sales position that I had that I just totally walked away from. Um, And I mean, it was the best thing I ever did for myself. Um, That gym started out as it was a franchise when I first opened it. Started out as like a a hit training, boot campy type setup. Um, And it was, I opened it for people like me, corporate folks that were super stressed out. We were situated in this perfect um, little like corporate complex. And so that's sort of who I served in the beginning. And we started growing and the clientele started to change and we quadrupled in size. And so in 2016, um, I moved out of that facility into that was about 1200 square feet. And we moved into um, like a little over 7000 square feet. And um, I grew a team of I believe there were eight of us at our largest um, of coaches, nutritionists. Um, we had an internship program. And at our largest, we had about 300, 350 members that were mostly women. And over the course of owning that gym, I was able to serve 70 pregnancies. And so I think my path into becoming a PMPA coach it sort of just like presented itself. And I was like, okay, you know, like, obviously, I love these women, I want to be able to serve them the best that I can. And so I had been doing that for a long time. Um, But when I finally got here, and found you, I was like, okay, let's make it official. And um, I was so blown away by the certification. And um, it was the perfect segue. For me, Um, I ended up once COVID hit, I was actually four months pregnant myself. Um, and we, gosh, we went virtual overnight when we when the first shutdown happened. Um, we had luckily launched a virtual program in January. So that was just pure luck. Um, we shifted everybody into virtual for three months. And in that time, I secured a couple of corporate contracts from the old days, thank goodness to carry us through month to month with a location that big and a team that big. Um, It was very, very expensive to be in the fitness industry as a boutique uh, solution in COVID. Uh, We came back when I was nine months pregnant. And um, it was a wild time with a lot of restrictions. Nothing was the same. Um, I ended up having my son. I had him at home. And um, I came back to work. Oh gosh, postpartum was a wild, wild time for me. Um, in it was still like the height of COVID. Um, so like no family could help us. Um, I felt super alone. And um, I think that that alone as a mom and alone as a business owner, right? So I'm like navigating being a new mom, figuring that out, and that's insane in and of itself but then trying to save this business that felt like my first baby. Yeah. And it all felt impossible. And I think that time taught me so much about the ability to pivot. Um, but the way to serve this population 
even more deeply, right? Because we talk about the village that's going to come and then like, where is that village? Um, village. (laughs) Where is that village? I don't know. (laughs) So when we finally, we hung on for about a year, um, I ended up closing the gym April of 2021. Um, I took some time off, honestly, for just my own uh, healing. I was so heartbroken after that. And I really wasn't sure what was next. Um, It ended up being a huge bright spot being able to have that time of like, truly like 18 months of being with my son nonstop. I never would have been able to do that with the work schedule and workload that I kept before. Um, So it was a major, major lesson for me. And so much clarity came during that time. Um, So when I decided to pivot and bring the studio home, and really start focusing on pregnant, postpartum, menopausal women. Women in transition is how I um, usually describe it to people of who I work with. Um, and then working with other coaches that had also become so burned out and so just like, what is the next step? I am not passionate the way that I was before. They were brand new business owners that didn't know how to navigate this new world, right? Um, with so much pressure to be all things for all people and be on all the time. And um, so that's when I created Seasons of Strength. And it has been so much better than I ever imagined that it could be. And it's given me the ability to be with my family instead of having to choose time to work on me and my job and my career or be with them. Like they're literally across the yard. Um so it's been really special. It's been a wild, wild ride, but here we are. Yeah. I mean, what I loved learning about you and that you've reiterated here is like, you've, you've been in the game a long time. Yeah, Coming girl. into the fitness industry in like 2013, you said, like yeah, you've seen a lot of change this decade, as far as like the information out there, you've owned a brick and mortar studio, you've done online training, you've you naturally, without officially coaching that population, just saw your clientele evolve into being a pregnant clientele. And I think there's a lot of different coaches who experience that. We're like, well, I wouldn't really coach pregnant clients, but like suddenly I have five of them or you over time, I had 70. And like, this is not taught. Like we are not taught in any of our certifications how to coach pregnant and postpartum clients, yet they have a lot of unique considerations. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think too, what I try to, I don't know, impress upon new coaches, it's, you know, you get excited about finding your clients and you're just going to do the best job. But it's, I think that a lot of coaching and a lot of certifications out there have made coaches robotic in a way like they they teach you to coach a skill right and of course that's important um you know like i specialize in kettlebells for the most part but you can't forget that you're coaching a human and i think that that in a lot of ways is what makes the pmpa cert so different is that you keep humanity at the center of it and pregnant and postpartum clients I mean, good God, like every client, but especially pregnant postpartum clients, like when they walk through your door, 
they are bringing so much extra with them. And if you cannot read those cues, if you cannot slow down and have some empathy for the person in front of you, then there is no way that you're going to be able to effectively coach them or retain them as a client. And if you retain a client long term, you're going to go through life stuff with them, whether it's relationships, marriages, divorces, pregnancies, pregnancy losses, like you name it. And I have been through it with clients, you know? And so it's like, if you cannot keep that humanity at the center of it all, then none of it matters. Right. It's so true. And I think that like, we want to focus on like, what's like, what do we do to like fix the diastasis or get our clients like stop peeing? And like, before you start treating the symptom, you got to know like what you're working with at a human level. Like, what do they want to do? What did they used to do? Like, what are all, it's like their baseline of who they are as a human. And then the baseline of like who they are and like what their tendencies are that may be contributing to whatever they might be experiencing or what they ultimately want to do long-term. But you're right. If you take the human part out of it and just try to like, do this, don't do that, follow, do these six exercises. Like, that's not good coaching. We want people who can think, not just repeat. Yeah. Not easy. No. Because I know no. like what something you mentioned to me at Coach Course Live was like, you've just seen a lot of like generic formula, like get in while it's like kind of a trendy thing to talk about mm-hmm. uh, versus like actually caring and actually working with this population. And your client's going to see through that yeah, instantly, you know? Um, so it's like, put in the time, learn what you need to learn. Um, but more than that, like pay attention to the real person in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't try to be all things to all people, right? I think collaboration is so, so important. Um, I think that in the beginning... I absolutely was trying to be all things to all people. And that is a surefire way to burn yourself right out. Um, So now I partner with a pelvic floor physical therapist. I partner with an integrative nutritionist that specializes in hormonal shifts in women. I partner with a therapist. Um, I partner with a meal prep and delivery service because new moms don't have time to cook, you know? So it's like, find your network and build your network to serve that client, but don't try to do it all by yourself. Cause then you won't be good at anything. Right. And like, that's a super strategic way of going about it. And certainly what we encourage in the certification is like, get involved in your community. Even if ultimately you end up working a lot online, we can have the most impact and success in our local community, which then can lead to an online offering but I love that you've become this hub where you live, where like you're the person who is connected to these people. Like they'll go to you if they need to know what lactation consultant to reach out to, what therapist to talk to, nutrition, whatever. Like you just become the point person. And that's what I was doing in California for years and years and years. And then more people were like, I kind of want to do that. Or I wish we had a person or a program like that in our community. And it's been right. really cool to see over the last six years, all of that come to fruition, right? It's pretty incredible. So tell me some things like you mentioned fitness industry trends, things that like have been really hard, both as a business owner, but also just like as 
an athlete existing, a woman existing in the fitness industry, kind of growing up as social media. I say like growing up, like I think around the same age, but like yeah. the social media became more and more of a thing after 2013, where it's like, you're sharing a little bit more, sharing a little bit more. You see brands, influencers became a thing. Um, and that really right. like infiltrated the fitness industry. So for those that don't maybe remember those OG days of uh, fitness and the industry <laughs> online, can you just reflect a little bit. Yeah, I think that um, I think the fitness industry is an amazing industry. Um, I think it can be a very fickle industry in a lot of ways. Um, it can be, you know, are you in the right club? Um, I remember, you know, coming up as a coach, you were almost more concerned with like, what conferences you were at and, um, you know, who was following you or wasn't following you on social media, you know, what in terms of like skill sets, right? Like, were you CrossFit or were you like, you know, I, I'm strong first certified. So like you can get into like, right. There's very big opinions about everything. Right. And then I don't know. I think once social media became such a huge part of it, I feel like coaching became so performative yeah. in a lot of ways. And then there was this big push to be an influencer, right? And so you, you got to go virtual. You got to... And I think so many of us lost the art of in-person coaching. And I know that you absolutely agree with me here. I was like, die on that hill. <laughs> right? I was like fist pumping in my chair when you were talking about it at the lab event. But like, you have to get your reps in. And I don't care. I mean, I think that virtual coaching absolutely is valuable, right? Like, that's for so many of us, that's the only way you can scale. And you want to be able to help people everywhere. But if you are not getting your reps in, in person, then your craft is absolutely going to erode. Um, and I just don't think that there's anything that can replace having a human in front of you that you can see and touch with consent and read, yeah. you know, yeah. just all of the things that aren't spoken. Um, and so I think for me, that's been the biggest shift. Um, and, you know, I, people ask me all the time, like, are you going to do this virtually? Are you going to do this virtually? And I, my small group offering that I do here is sold out and waitlisted. And, and that's a wonderful thing. But like, because I have a smaller space, I can only work with a smaller amount of people. And, um, but that I will never give that up. Yeah. But yeah, I think that there's so much to be said for getting your reps in in person and for doing the work. I don't think that you can skip it. Um, I don't think that you can become an influencer overnight and that that's a sustainable thing in terms of actually filling your bank account. <laughs> right. um, yeah, I think there's always going to be changes and trends. But it's if you're a coach, you're a coach. And you're getting your reps in. Right. I really love so much of what you said there. And I agree that there's been, there was, and there is such a performative effort 
uh, the fitness industry of like professing that they're an expert on this or on that. Maybe they are, or maybe it's now like the next shiny object of something that we can be an expert on women's hormones and this. And and like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like a slippery slope with everything. Pregnancy and postpartum Mm -hmm. certainly falls in there. You see someone trying to tap into that, that like, have you ever actually coached a pregnant client for real. Have you actually done that consistently? That no. Okay. Right. Like, and that unfortunately is a lot of what we see online. And mm-hmm. so the people that are giving the advice, like you got to really look at is, should I be taking that advice? And when you are a fitness professional and you've been in the game a long time, it's easy for us to see that, but it's not as easy for those maybe that are newer coaches or that are coming into it, trying to like decipher information. Cause there's a lot of information available now that was certainly not available in 2013 where we were like oh yeah that's how you you know coach this or that's a good cue or that's a good organization or person to learn from it wasn't as straightforward back then and now i think there's an overabundance of information and that can be even harder to to work through to say <laughs> so tell me you you went virtual you took some time off and then you're like i'm starting to, I really want to work with women in my home. How did you Mm -hmm. go about starting that kind of small business? You have a lot of experience, but then there's still a huge element of starting over and starting from scratch. Absolutely. Um, So I, let's see, fall of last year, I was approached by an old client that um, I, well, back up. I had been looking for, I thought I was going to rebuild the gym. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was looking for a space. I was going to keep it smaller, yada, yada, yada. Real estate was awful. And in the back of my mind, I knew like, I wanted to be done with the landlords. I went like, oh, so many of our issues came from the logistical side of dealing with the landlord during COVID. And, um, so I looked and looked and looked, it was just like beating my head on a wall. Then I had a client approach me about a space that she was connected to. And my old um, head coach, who is one of my very best friends, I was like, okay, do you want to do this? And we'll just, we'll keep it simple. We'll do kettlebells only. We won't do a whole build out. Um, So we started training small groups, just advanced kettlebell flows. um, And it went well. Until it didn't, um, the landlord at this organization ended up, it must be a me thing, because ended up giving me headaches as well. And I was just like, you know what? I'm not, this isn't what I want to do. So I decided I had this space at my house. This is above my garage. And um, we had built it out as just a training studio for us. And it used to be filled with my son's toys. He would come up here and set him up with a movie. And I was like, why would I do this anywhere else if I want to keep it small? And I, again, it had always, since I had my son, and again, I had felt so alone postpartum. And I know that the world is not shut down now. Um, but I was like, you know what? I, I need to build as much as I can the village to support women that are in that same season. Um, I kept in very close contact. I mean, some of my clients we were working with at the time, but I kept in close contact with so many of my clients from the past. And so I literally sent out an email, sent out a few texts 
And I mean, there were people that I absolutely wanted to work with that in many ways, I had earned the right to handpick them. Um, And so I shot out a message and the small group was filled in a matter of hours. Um, And we just started doing the thing. I mean, I had the equipment here. I had what I needed. um, And it's been amazing. And word of mouth has built out the wait list. That's when I started. Like how many classes or how many hours a day are you coaching? Like, what does it look like for you? So I am, it depends on if it's a day that my son is at preschool. Mm-hmm. So on the days that he is there right now, he goes four days a week. Um, I do Monday is my longest day. I do six sessions on Monday, Tuesdays and Thursdays. I only do two sessions Wednesdays and Fridays. I do four sessions Um, And then I have some one-on-one clients that I sprinkle in in between. I do my consulting clients in between. Um, So it's kind of build your own adventure in a lot of ways, but it gives me my fix of freedom too. Like that's like side that I wish, God, I wish more people could understand about entrepreneurship is it's scary, but God, the freedom, you don't want to trade it because you get it. (laughs) It's crazy. It's, um, I think that when I closed the big gym, Mm -hmm. my son was eight months old. Mm -hmm. I remember when I got pregnant, everything was great. Like the world had not shut down. We did not know what COVID was. Um, and I remember thinking like, this will be the community that raises him. And and my family is all in Tennessee. And so we are very much like building our village with our chosen family here. And um, I think that that was, it was so important to me that when that got taken away, I was just like, man, all right, what does anything look like now? Um, And I think that, I mean, there were so many hard parts. Um, When my son was born the end of July and um, again, still like very much the height of COVID. Um, My parents were going to come up to meet him that October. And right before they flew up, my mom got COVID and was hospitalized in the ICU for about two months. Wow. Total isolation. Um, it was so bad. Um, we were told she wasn't going to make it. Um, so I was back at work at that point And in the back of my mind every day as I was fighting to save the business was, is my child ever even going to get to meet his grandmother? And we would get one phone call a day with an update of like what was going on that day. And it was so hard. And I just remember thinking like, is any of this worth it? Um, And I remember... I sold off all of our equipment. My son was there as people were coming in to pick up their stuff. And 
Woo! I just remember being like, this is not supposed to be it. He's supposed to be playing in the corner while I'm coaching. Like I'm supposed to be wearing him on my back. Um, and so I feel like that was something that I could never let go of. And now to see what that's like here. And I know like you've talked about how Cade helped you build the PNPA brand and how you coached with him on you or around you for as long as he's existed. And that is my reality. And we, all of my clients love my son. Hank is our co-coach a lot of the time. And having clients that are in a season of life where nothing about that feels unprofessional for them. You know what I mean? Like nothing that he could do is a nuisance. They love having him there. And it's amazing to be able to tell clients like for a lot of them, this is their like sacred time that it's just for them, but maybe something's going on and they need to bring their kid with them. No big deal. You know, I've got a mama and me series starting up in January where of course you're going to bring your baby, you know? And it's just like, this is why I do any of it, you know, for me and for them, because you should not have to choose as a mother when you can have your kid around, you know? And it's so in my, every time someone pulls in our driveway, my son's like, mommy, your strong friends are here. You know, we go get your friends strong. And I love that that's how he talks about it. And that's what he tells his friends, his mommy does. Um, and I think that that being able to recoup that aspect of motherhood um, has been so important to me. Oh, man. You got me, girl. That's good. That's <laughs> good. I, I mean, can't get through that. <laughs> I, well, I certainly relate because it was so healing for me to then mm -hmm. be coaching with Cade because then I was in an environment where the people I was coaching, I had this expertise, but like there was also camaraderie where I felt really supported as a mom. Like right. it was like my group of mom friends without having to be awkwardly part of a mom group because I was like, that's yeah. not my vibe. But if we can make it about coaching and fitness where it's like I'm indirectly in. a mom right. group, I kind of like it. And it just was like such a pivotal part of that early season of motherhood of raising him, of then getting pregnant, right. even deciding to get pregnant, finding out I was having another boy and then like right. feeling all kinds of weird emotions about that. But I had so many boy moms in my class that they were like, trust me, Brie, what you're right. feeling is not wrong. And you're going to freaking love having two boys. Just trust me. And like, you just get people who can grow up with you yep. who are in that similar season of life, but you're also getting paid for it. And like, that you're getting to work and it's one. fun. And like I, just the quality of life that exists there mm. is it was just so game changing during such a vulnerable season of my life as a and knowing that that you can have both like as amazing and rewarding as it was to take time off completely when I closed the gym, because honestly, I was not in any sort of mental or emotional space <laughs> to be doing anything for anyone. Um, I think for so long, especially when my mom was sick, um, that I was in absolute like, shut off, do the thing, we're getting through this day, like you cannot fall apart. 
you cannot be the one to fall apart. And um, I think that athlete brain, like through life, girl. Oh my goodness, apply it to everything, (laughs) a hundred percent. And so I think when I finally got the chance to like process some of that, it it took a hot second. Yeah. Um, But I do. I think that even you know, I have. I have several women that are in their 40s and 50s and 60s, almost 70. We have a 70th birthday coming. Um, Women that are in all different seasons of motherhood and perimenopause and menopause. I tell people all the time, there is so much wisdom in a room of women. And the way that my younger ones teach my older ones and my older ones teach my younger ones and everything in between. And we have a client that just recently finished a battle with breast cancer and she is a young mom and the way that they rally around each other, whether it's like my kid has hand, foot and mouth, or I have breast cancer or, you know, I'm going through a divorce or a loss in my family or, you know, any, anything. Like women show up for women. And when you are a mom, it is so easy to feel isolated or to your point, like I'm not someone that's going to go to a mom's group, right? Like I'm covered in tattoos. I don't know how to wear real clothes. I have to watch what I say, like, you know, and it's like, you can find this group of women that accept you wholeheartedly as you are simply because they have done hard things with you in a group. They have seen you push through in all sorts of ways. So they know that you can push through in a different way. And they know how to speak to that because they've gone through that season. And um, it's magic. It's, it's you, feel, magic. you can feel that's what I remember. Like, is, I mean, you've created a, a really positive culture in your community. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's the basics for any successful business is having a really solid culture and, you know, your own, <laughs> I feel like if you're going to be an entrepreneur or business owner, you have to be committed to your own growth and expansion um, big time. But you're right. There's such collective wisdom to be shared in a group of women, especially mm-hmm. when you have like the range. And that is, that is the village. That's what we can 100%. cultivate because Pregnancy and postpartum, as you're seeing firsthand in the range of clients you're working with, you know firsthand that those seasons are the catalyst for all things to come. That there's so much we can address and know and learn about our bodies during those seasons that you can teach your clients about themselves and their training and their body, their beliefs during that season that then set them up for so much more success, knowledge, and wisdom, self-awareness to come. Like that is so much responsibility and such a blessing to be able to do that. Absolutely. It's to your point. It's like, I can't believe that this is what I get to do, how I get to do it. And, and they pay me for it. Like, yeah. right. It's amazing, but it, you can, you can do both and you can niche down. I think a lot of coaches get very nervous to specialize. Right. Um, but I, you absolutely can. And you may find that that is so much more rewarding to you. Rewarding and even like lucrative. Because I know oh, girl. can be 
Oh, they're not so you can, this can actually be a lucrative career pivot for people. And I know not everyone likes talking about that, but impact and income, they, they go together. This is a specialty like skill set and knowledge and coaching that people desperately need. And there's a lot of different programs and offers and training packages that can be offered where you are doing rewarding work and getting rewarded for it. Absolutely. I, um, the biggest piece of feedback that I got um, during that 18 month period that I was off the grid <laughs> in a lot of ways, um, I had clients that they were like, okay, like obviously they have to keep working out. So they were visiting different places, trying to find their next gym. And I would get texts and voice memos and uh, just being like, Rachel. It, it it's trash out here, you know? And so I think for me in my collective community is like, let's do better coaches. Like it's not hard, right? Just like you got certified to be a personal trainer, to do whatever it is you're doing. You can absolutely get certified with the skills that you need to serve this population beyond a postpartum woman walking in to your studio and you either telling her, okay, we'll just like do whatever feels right. Because you're 100% not doing your job or trying to like do this weird, you got this girl motivation, like just get better at what you're doing. It's so easy. And these women deserve that. And I think, again, for me, like I will, you know, we pack the schedule over here because we like it that way. But, you know, I, I, in the future, fully plan on offering some like weekend seminars around here with some of these local studios being like, if you want me to come in, let me come in and help out Mm -hmm. Um, to at least let you know that like, okay, if she says this word, this is what we're going to do. If she says this word, this is what we're going to do. But I mean, there are organizations out there that can absolutely get you to where you need to be because women deserve more. And you're absolutely, if you're not coaching this population already, they're going to show up at your studio. Oh, absolutely. And that's every fitness setting, every gym environment. Mm -hmm. This is not a special population. This is the majority of clientele that you, if you don't currently have, like you said, you will have very soon. Um, because technically postpartum is forever and again, forever and ever. These are catalyst seasons. If you know how to coach someone through pregnancy and postpartum, you freaking got them. You got, if you can understand that, you can understand life before pregnancy for your clients and you can understand life after that. But I'm telling you, if you can dial in your knowledge around those seasons, you have a very good grasp on how to support female athletes and women in general through, through their lifetime of athleticism. Absolutely. I think, um, you know, one of my favorite things is what you say, you are not fragile and you are not invincible, but those women know that this population is so smart and so capable and they expect more from their coaches. And so that is your opportunity to either to your point, serve them very well and have them as the client for as long as you'd like, or to let them get hurt and they will absolutely never forget it and will gladly tell everyone they come in contact with, (laughs) you know? I think this 
goes well to the last point or last question is, what would you tell somebody who's like on the fence of, should I like become a PNPA coach? I've thought about mm-hmm. it. I'm interested. Maybe they're in that season of life or they are starting to see more clients. What would mm-hmm. you tell them as somebody who has been in the fitness industry for a while, but also pivoted significantly was a new mom when you went through the certification. Like, I feel like you have like your finger on the pulse of a lot of those different experiences. So what would you tell someone? Yeah. I mean, I, to me, it is an absolute no brainer. Um, I think that it goes beyond just like being a trainer and what am I going to do next? I think that every single gym and organization out there should require their coaches be PMPA certified um, I think it's irresponsible not to be like back to my back to my other point. Like, this isn't a tiny population. This isn't a new population. This is an ever growing population, and it's absolutely a population where you are. So you absolutely have the responsibility to coach them and coach them well. And all you need to do is go get the knowledge to do that. Um, but I, again, like I said, for me, all the certifications that I've gotten ever, um, they teach a skill and this teaches coaching a full human, a full athlete. And that is what you keep at the forefront of every single module, right? So if you can learn to coach this type of human, you can coach any human. Yes, It's very, very scalable. <laughs> it's very, very fluid. Um, so to me, it's just, it's an absolute no brainer. And there is an investment for this certification. And how quickly were you able to make back your investment? Oh my goodness. Uh, Instantly. (laughs) I mean, for me, it was, there's an investment to anything, right? Any certification, that's not new. If you're a coach, if you take anything that you do seriously, then you have invested in your certifications, in your facility, in your right, I mean, think of how many conferences and seminars are out there. Like, what you get, this is the most in depth certification that I have ever taken, and it has served me so well. Um, I think when I was talking to Julianne at the live event. She was like, what, what did it give you more than anything else? Because again, I had been serving that population for almost a decade at that point. For me, it was so much validation that I had been doing it right, that I had been doing it really well. And I think as coaches, so many of us are athletes and perfectionists in a lot of ways. Um, and so we're also like, we carry around a ton of imposter syndrome, right? So for me, that imposter syndrome is gone, you know? And it's like, I don't know what else you need coaching a population for a decade. And, but like, absolutely everything, the experts that are in this course, when you sit there and you're like, okay, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, I'm doing this. And it's, And I don't think that that's going to be everyone's, right? Like not everyone's been doing it. But like for me as a seasoned person, right? It was the most validating certification I have ever taken. And it's what's been the catalyst for every single thing that I do now. So awesome. I love hearing that. I love seeing the work that you're doing with like 
you're just, you're in the trenches. Like you are the boots on the ground or whatever that expression is. I'm so bad. I like it here, girl. But (laughs) I mean, (laughs) and I think that's, it's so powerful. What we can do in our communities translates to what we can share online, what we can Mm -hmm. eventually offer online. And honestly, just creating a really well-rounded support and continuity of care for women in our communities. And I'm very grateful for your work, very grateful for your support and keep on girl, stay in the game. You've been in the game. And then honestly, it's the fact that we're both still here after a decade of being in this space. Woo! All about <laughs> outlasting, you know, <laughs> that's it, man. We're the cockroaches, right? It's, um, <laughs> it, it's something it's so special, but it's, I do think that if you, for so many coaches, like you, you get into the fitness industry because you want to help people. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that the longevity and the trickle down effect of how you can impact a woman's life in this season is everything. And, you know, like it's, it's always more than the workout. It's always more than just a gym. Um, as a trainer, as a coach, you become family to these people. And for me, it's very much been vice versa. My wedding was literally my mom, my dad, my brother, and my gym on my side because I live in Connecticut now. But like truly helping a woman feel strong in her body postpartum will trickle down into every single thing that she does once she leaves you in her family, in her community, in her job. Like it's important work and it's powerful work. Yeah. So glad you said that. I couldn't agree more and it's fun. We have. It's so fun, man. I hope I get to do this forever. So. And you know what? I think you will. Well, thank you (sighs) for sharing. You were awesome and so easy to talk to. Where can people find you, follow you, learn more about what you got going on? Yes, ma'am. My website is yourseasonsofstrength.com. That's got everything that's going on. Um, Social media. I mostly hang out on Instagram. I... uh, I don't know. I'm on other stuff, but I'm only really active on Instagram because I'm not great at it. Um, but yeah, come uh, come connect, DM me. I, I love talking about this stuff. So if you are a coach that has questions, whether it's about the PMPA cert, about, I don't know, anything you've heard me say, um, I am an open book. Feel free to reach out. But this has been awesome. Thanks so much, Bree such a huge part of it is the community of coaches that we've created it's just so collaborative and supportive and i know that you genuinely mean what you say when you say that thank you thank you thank you got it girl thank you so much for listening to this episode of the practice brave podcast if you enjoyed the show please leave a review and help us spread the work we are doing to improve the overall information and messaging in the fitness industry and beyond Now, if you are pregnant and you are looking for a trustworthy exercise program to follow, I have you covered. The Pregnant Athlete Training Program is a well-rounded program for pregnancy with workouts for each week that are appropriate for your changing body. That's 36 weeks of workouts, three to four workouts each week, and tons of guidance on exercise strategy. We also have an at-home version of that program. 
If you are postpartum and you're looking for an exercise program to follow, the eight-week postpartum athlete training program would be a really great way to help bridge the gap between rehab and the fitness you actually want to do. From there, we have the Practice Brave Fitness Program, which is an ongoing strength and conditioning program where you get new workouts each week and have a lot of guidance from myself and my co-coach, Heather Osby. This is the only way that I'm really offering ongoing coaching at this point in time. If you have ever considered becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach, I would love to have you join us. Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism is a self-paced online certification course that will up-level your coaching skills and help connect the dots between pelvic health and long-term athletic performance, especially during pregnancy and postpartum. Become who you needed and become who your online and local community needs by becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach. Thank you again for listening to the Practice Brave podcast. I appreciate you and please help me continue spreading this messaging, this information, and this work.